Welcome to the Unmasked Life Podcast, a podcast to help you leverage your past, fulfill your purpose, and unmask your potential. And now your host, Matt Manny. Thanks so much for tuning in today to this episode of the Unmasked Life Podcast. Today we have a special guest with us, Karis Kimmel-Murray. She works with Family Matters Ministries that work specifically with helping parents, grandparents, how to raise the next generation. Their uh, content and their curriculum, their books, they have some fantastic materials. She works with her dad there, Tim, Dr. Tim Kimmel, and uh, they have some great content. And their, their angle, their shtick, if you will, is grace-based parenting and grace-based marriages and grace-based uh, creating a home, a culture in your home that leans toward being filled with grace. And so they have some fantastic content. We'll get into that a little bit more here in just a moment in our conversation. But I so much appreciate their ministry. We've used their materials. I've read several of their books, The High Cost of High Control, Why Christian Kids Rebel. And then specifically, they have a fantastic resource that we'll actually get into and talk more about in the interview. But it is the flag page for kids. Sometimes what we see in our children as a, maybe we see it as a character flaw or we see it as something that we really come to blows with. Their temperament and our temperament, their personality grinds against our personality and never the twain shall be. And so what we see in our kids as a weakness actually could be the potential working and making and the wiring of their temperament and personality for how God can use them one day in a powerful way. We took our kids through this test. It's actually a game that you can purchase from familymatters.net, and it's a great way to be able to identify how God has wired your kids, what is right with your kids, and then really to identify those characteristics and encourage them as they grow up and as they, they go on. And so when you find that you can deal with one child one way and another child a different way, it'll really give you some insight as far as why our kids act and respond the way they do, whether it's to stress or to empathy or to discipline or to reward or to discouragement or feeling left out. It really gives some fantastic insight on how to help your kids grow and work through the stressors of life. And so right now, especially in our all, our all that our world is going through and doing remote learning and just the upheaval we're in, this could be a great resource for you to be able to tap into and get some help. Hey, I'll mention this again at the end of the podcast, but we have some great resources coming up this fall. We're actually rolling out a brand new website where you can find all of my content, my books, as well as Amanda. We have combined our efforts to create Manny Resources, a website that our goal is to help you create a life you love, specifically through the area of spiritual growth and emotional health. We have books, journals, and Bible studies. Those are the three main ways that we love to help and encourage and create content to be able to help people really creating a life you love. How do you do that? It's through understanding yourself, your story. It's through the application and understanding of Scripture. And then really we focus in on self-reflection, and that is through the journaling. And so I cannot wait to be able to get that website live for you. As well, we have some great books coming up here. We have a Christmas devotional that will be coming out um, later on this uh, winter, coming into December. We have a memoir that I'm working on writing with my dad. My dad has been a mechanic for the greater part of his life. He'll be 70 this year. 
And so he shares his story and some insights and life lessons. And if if you need some fatherly advice, this is going to be a book to be able to help you and encourage you. I'm also really excited. Amanda has a brand new book she's rolling out that she's uh, kind of really stepped into the fantasy fiction realm, but she's going to uh, pull out of that for just a moment and write for us a book for Christian living and Christian inspirational. It's called Finding Free. So I cannot wait to be able to get that into your hands. That'll be coming out in December. And then as well, this January, I've got a brand new book called Subtitles that kind of co- corresponds with what we're talking today with uh, Karis Gilmurray about, and that is how to read people and reading temperaments, how to make relationships work. And really, it's about discovering who God created you to be and the power of your personality, not what's wrong with you, but discovering what's right with you. And that'll come out in January of 2021. All right. Well, we need to jump into, without further ado, my conversation with Karis Kimmel-Murray as she gives us some insight on what it means to employ and engage grace-based parenting. Here's my conversation with Karis. I'm so glad to have on the podcast with us today, Karis Murray. She has a fantastic ministry to help parents uh, uh, dealing with uh, their kids. And so we're going to jump into all things parenting today. We're going to talk a little bit about her background and growing up in a home where both her mom and dad uh, were heavily involved in teaching and writing on parenting. And we're going to talk about our kids today and talk about their personalities, how God has wired them. So Karis, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. And tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll jump into some questions here. Well, thanks for having me on, Matt. I appreciate it. Um, well, a little bit about me. I'm a, I'm a mom of two teenage daughters. They're 15 and 17 at the time of this recording. And um, I've been married to my husband, Mike, for 19 years. And um, let's see, other family members, I have two doggies, three cats, and uh, nine chickens. So <laughs> that whole menagerie going on right, in the backyard. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So I mentioned in the intro just a little bit, so your your dad has has done some work. Uh, Tim Kimmel is your father, and he's that was mm-hmm. kind of the – I came across some of his books and on grace-based parenting and kind of raising your kids up. We'll talk a little bit about the flag page we've talked about. I've actually talked about the flag page before on the podcast. And so Karis and uh, and her dad, they work with the flag page for kids. And so we'll get into that here in just a minute. But tell me what it was like. So your dad is uh, writing parenting cu- curriculum and material. So what was it like growing up in a home like that? Would he you know, open up one of his books and chapter and verse, hey, this is what we're going to apply here. What was it like being in that kind of setting uh, for you growing up? where parenting kind of was your parents' thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I like to say that my parents wrote the book on parenting because (laughs) they did. They did, right. Um, Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I uh, my dad wrote his first book when I was about 12, I think. So, um, but they they had been running their ministry. Um, It's called Family Matters. It originally was called Generation Ministries and then, uh, went through a rebranding in the uh, in the '90s to Family Matters, mm-hmm. and um, you know he 
he traveled a lot. So part, part of our ministry is that we do seminars, um, conferences, we partner with churches and, uh, family matters will come and, and do a parenting or a marriage seminar. So, you know, he, he traveled a lot and we got to travel with him in the summer, which was awesome. So we would do family camps and basically live out of a suitcase, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, all, all summer kind of with the itinerant preacher, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, traveling around and, um, it's interesting. I think I, I make friends quickly because partially because of those summers and, Mm -hmm. you know, every week was a new family camp and get to make a whole new batch of friends. And, um, I loved it. So it, it was an awesome way to grow up, but, you know, I think, no parent is, is perfect. Mm -hmm. My parents were not, are not perfect. We're not perfect, but I I do think that they discovered something, you know, just that was just written right on the surface Mm -hmm. of scripture and it's right on the surface of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And that is that if there is a parenting model that we should follow, it's this, if God is our father and we are his children, which, you know, Father is the the primary metaphor that God uses to describe himself mm-hmm. in the Bible. It's the most common one. And um, so if God is our father and we're his children, then really every interaction between God and people is a parenting interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then we can look at scripture through the lens of, okay, how then should we parent our own kids? Well, God treats us with grace. He primarily relates to us through grace, through a gracious, um, attitude and heart. And so we should parent our kids the way God parents us. And Mm -hmm. that's with grace. And so, um, I think that message has, has become, um, very, very much more, uh, accepted than it originally was, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, but I think it was, it seemed so radical when my dad started, uh, you know, teaching and writing on it because mm-hmm. it was such a, um, a departure from, you know, the evangelical behavior modification right. Right. and, um, fear-based parenting right. and, um, you know, so much of what, uh, I think was a reaction to, you know, culture changing and, and, uh, you know, Christian parents just were afraid, were afraid of the world. They were afraid of, you know, their kids making mistakes. And, um, and so the message that we ought to give our kids grace was like, what Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) we're supposed to do what? Um, and, uh, it got a lot of pushback for, for many years. Mm. So it, I think now as an adult, looking back on our upbringing, I'm just so grateful mm-hmm. that that is, um, that that is the, the heart of my parents and, mm-hmm. and where they, you know, kind of decided the, the road they decided to take in, mm-hmm. in parenting us, because I, I do have many friends and I've talked to a lot of people now, especially now that I'm involved in their ministry, that they just really bear the scars mm-hmm. of well-intentioned Christian parents mm-hmm. who, who didn't understand grace. Mm-hmm. 
and um, and who parented either from a place of fear or um, you know an, a, protecting some kind of an image that they thought in their mind they were supposed to live up to and their kids were supposed to live up to. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I'm yeah, I'm very very grateful for for that upbringing, and I think it has prepared me to be a parent. Um, well, but, you know, as I was telling you before we started recording, uh, you know, I thought before I had kids that, man, I had great parents. I had a great example. They wrote all these books. They have all this teaching. I have all this information, you know, I, I'm going to have this down. I'm going to be, a, you know, it's going to be easy. Right. Well, I think anybody who's a parent who's listening to me say that is like, well, guess what? It was, it's not easy, right? <laughs> right and right. it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. And I'm like, oh right. my gosh, if, if it's this difficult for someone who is blessed to have as many, you know, resources and help and, a, you know, a good example to follow as me, you know, then it's gotta be just ridiculously hard for, for, you know, a parent who doesn't have those resources right. and maybe didn't have, um, a childhood or, or parents where they feel like, yeah, I, you know, that's an example I want to follow. So, wow. yeah. Go, go back just a little bit, just out of curiosity. So you mentioned that this concept of grace-based parenting and raising your kids kind of in a reflection of that father metaphor from scripture. So you're saying um, originally your dad got some pushback from that and the ministry got pushback from that. Can you, can you give us a time frame? Like, you know, was it within the last five, 10, 15 years? Where did you kind of see a, a, a little bit of a change, a shift in the receptivity hmm. of that from different ministries, pastors, churches, um, the audience that you're speaking to? Well, I think occasionally we we will still get pushback, sure. and it but it tends to come from a, a misunderstanding of grace and mm-hmm. of what we mean when we say, um, you know, to to parent with grace. I think mm-hmm. people often think that means that we don't expect our kids to obey any rules, mm-hmm. or that we don't um, discipline them when they. Uh, you know, when they disobey or when they act improperly. Um, And that is not what it means. And that's never what we've meant. But I would say, um, you know, most of the pushback, I think, you know, in in the 90s and maybe Mm -hmm. into the early 2000s is where we kind of saw a lot of that pushback. Because like I said, it was such a, a change from a lot of the parenting advice that had come out of, you know, the, the Christian movement up until that point. And yeah, people, people just thought, well, you know, no, we've got to, we've got to set the rules. We expect our kids to obey them. Right. Right. Why would we give them grace? Well, grace doesn't mean no rules. We should always give our kids grace, but sometimes we also give them discipline Yeah, and that's a form of grace. Um, so so I, and I also think that the shift, I I have seen the shift happen um, with a new generation of parents too, mm. as well. You know, so yeah, yeah. You know, the the generation that raised us, you know, our parents' age, uh, 
this this gracious response to your kids and in, in, a, in a relationship and an atmosphere in your in your home that's based on grace, that is so different than probably so many of them were raised, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it just seemed foreign. But but the the ones who really embraced it saw such a change in their families and in their homes and in their relationships mm-hmm. that it was just kind of one of those things that it's like it it works, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, it, it's true because it, it works. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think our generation now who are raising our own kids, um, people either were raised in, in a grace-based home and have Mm -hmm. seen the effect of that. And so now they're like, of course, this is how we want to raise our kids. Or they were raised in, in some, you know, a a non-gracious home. Right. And this is sort of the the pendulum swinging the other way and them saying, oh, man, I see the effect that that had and I don't want that for my own kids. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, again, I think our our generation, too, is, um, you know, we, we just have so much information, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you you get advice from everyone about everything. And often it's very opposing advice. Like, you know, put your baby to sleep on its back. No, put it <laughs> right. to sleep on its side. Right. No, put it to sleep on its stomach. No, it's always you know, changing. like yeah. it's always changing. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can, you can get on the internet and find experts that have totally opposite advice for you. And so, you know, I think parents now they're, they're so overwhelmed with too much information almost. Yeah, yeah. And, and then the comparison that comes with social media and, you know, we're constantly comparing our everyday lives to other people's highlight reels, you yeah, know, that they yeah. put on Instagram and, you know, that kind of weight of perfectionism mm. that so many people bear now. It's just, it's kind of, I call it the tyranny of perfectionism. Mm. And, um, especially, I mean, moms are who I spend most of my time talking with and, and I see it so much with moms is they just feel like they've got to be perfect. Their kids have to be perfect. They have to do it right, you know? And so the message of grace just resonates because it's such a relief, I think, to mm. so many people to go, you don't have to be a perfect parent. Yeah. You're already not a perfect parent. You'll <laughs> yeah. never be a perfect parent. Yeah. You just have to be a good enough grace-based parent. And it's a relief. I just, I feel, the, you know, a sigh of relief yeah. um, from their hearts when when they really start to embrace that that message. So... What do you think that and that's a great point about you mentioned the tyranny of perfectionism. What what do you think drives that? I, I know you talked a little bit about the comparison on social media, but that and that's something so prevalent in our society today. We talk about it, you know, the comparison trap. As you as you dig down and have conversations with these moms, what are you finding, you know, on the surface is hey, I don't have my act together like somebody else does. But then as you drill down, what is what is really motivating that perfectionism, that frenzied, you know, I got I got to do better. I got to do better. Mm. Well, you know, I, I think it kind of, you know, depends on the person. But what I observe is that 
you know, that perfectionism stems from this, uh, this need to please everyone. Mm. Um, and, and it's not uniquely female, the desire to, to please everyone. But I, but I do think that, um, just culturally women have been, uh, cultured that we need to make everyone happy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and, uh, everyone around us, our, our parents, our friends, our boss, our husband, our kids, our neighbors, make everyone happy. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's something I observe a lot in, in the women that I work with and, and speak to. And then even in my, myself and my daughters and my own, you know, friends, it's like, keep everybody happy, mm. keep ev- all the balls in the air, you know, don't let anything drop. And, um, and, and then, yeah, obviously social media makes it worse, but comparison is as old as the earth, you know, as old <laughs> right. as us. Right. Um, since the dawn of creation, we've been comparing ourselves right. and, and our possessions and our things and our lives to other people's. And, um, it's why one of the 10 commandments is don't covet right. because, <laughs> Uh, God knew we needed that as a commandment because it's, it's, I think it's just built into our sinful hearts, but, um, the rate at which we're able to compare ourselves and the number of people to which we're able to compare ourselves now is, is infinite with, with, you know, social media. And, um, and so I just think it kind of has hit a fever pitch. Mm. And so that in, in combination with, yeah, just this need to please. And to, I know, like you talk about so much on, on your podcast, that need to be enough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I need to, you know, I need to feel like I'm enough. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we set up these arbitrary sort of standards for that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in the end we're enough because Jesus makes us enough. Um, and uh, we're already enough because of of Christ's love and His sacrifice for us. But really, in real life, so many of us say, "Well, I'll be enough if my if my kids are happy, if my mm-hmm. kids are healthy, if they're safe, if you know, I'll be enough if I can you know get the job I want to have. I'll be enough if I can publish the book that I've always dreamed of writing. I will be enough if I can live in you know that house that." that I've always wanted to buy, you know, we, we, we put these standards on ourselves. And Mm. so, um, that's, and then also this tyranny of perfectionism, it's even worse. You know, I see it even worse in like my girl's generation, Mm, right? um, because they've grown up with, you know, technology is ubiquitous. I think you and I are of the age where we can actually still remember card catalogs. (laughs) Yeah libraries yep, yep. where you had to actually yeah. look up a book in a card catalog, go, you know, use the Dewey decimal system right, to go right. find it. Jot down on um, one piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah. yes. And I remember when phones were a thing that was attached to a wall with right. a cord. Dial up yeah, internet. That you yeah. had to die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You would, you would get on AOL and hear the, you know, thing of the internet. And um, so we kind of straddled, our generation sort of straddled the pre and post, uh, you know, technological revolution yeah, that we've gone yeah. through in the last, in the last 30, 40 years. But, um, but our kids, 
they, they've grown up with it is ubiquitous. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, we live in an age where you don't, I mean, there is no excuse for not knowing something, right? You know what I mean? It's like, if you don't know something, that's what Google is for, <laughs> right. you know, Google right. it, figure it out. Um, and I'm not saying that's how everyone should feel, but I just think that that's the reality. And so our kids, it's like, they feel like they always have to know it. They always need to, they should know how to do things. Um, and if they don't, or if they struggle at something, it's like, why is this so hard? Why am I not good at this? And, and sort of this, this, there's this sense that they should instantly be good at everything um, because they can instantly get the information that they need and want. Um, wow, that's good. but in real life, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, you know, you've, yeah. you've got to work at skills. You're, you know, not everybody's going to be good at everything. And just because you know something doesn't make it any easier to do, yeah. you know? So that's I don't good. know if that makes sense, no, but, so, but, no, that's, uh, that's what I've observed with yeah. this, this tyranny of perfectionism. I want to I want to take some of those thoughts and and kind of transition a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about um, when when if you can go back and at what point or when did you you kind of figure out okay this is something I grew up with all this the the grace based living and my dad doing this ministry family matters at, at, was there a point in time can you look back at an event and saying like yeah that was that was the moment I knew I wanted to write and help parents or or was it kind of just a smooth transition. Like you knew you wanted to be a mom, you knew you wanted to do this and speak and write and have this, uh, you know, your podcast and things. Or was there a moment in time I was like, oh, I really need to help people. This is my calling. This is how God's wired me. Hmm. Well, you know, I, I've always been a writer. My background is in journalism. That's what I studied oh, wow. At, wow. at Arizona State University. And so I've always loved to write. I wrote you know, full-on, full-length novels as a kid. Wow. You know, not, I mean... They're not any good, but <laughs> I loved to do it. No, that's and, great. Um, that's great. And so I've always sort of been a writer. I've always wanted to publish a book. Yeah. If you had told me, you know, when I was a kid, you're going to write a book uh, on parenting and not just on parenting, on discipline, I would have <laughs> right. been like, uh, what? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it is not the book, the first book that I thought I would publish because it's, you know, uh, I feel like I have sort of um, just sort of stepped backwards, uh, not in a bad way, but I've sort of fallen into everything that I have done Hmm. professionally. I Hmm. haven't really ever done anything on purpose. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, with, um, with my parents' ministry, I actually started just helping them in the office with some, um, you know, data entry stuff. I mean, my, my kids had both, uh, started school. You know, my daughter was in kindergarten. My second one was in just like a preschool program for a couple hours a day. And so I would go into the office during those hours and just help them with stuff around the office. And then, um, this was probably 2007, 2008, And then it was like, Hey, you know, there's this thing called blogging (laughs) and like, it's kind of like a little online, you know, newsletter, newspaper, 
uh, diary type of thing. And a lot of ministries are starting, are starting them in order to kind of get their message out there. And so I helped them start the blog and, you know, now blogging is kind of going out of fashion right, or whatever, right, sure. but, um, or it's gone out of fashion for a while, but, but, um, so I started, you know, running the blog and writing articles and, and ha- you know, had some other writers that, that I would edit their stuff. And, and then it just kind of grew into, well, you know, maybe I can help you do some teaching. And so I would go speak at mops groups and, um, little by little, I think I kind of just, you know, professionally just kind of grew from there. And as my girls, you know, both went to school full time, I started working more hours. And so now I've been with the ministry for almost 11 years, um, full time. And, um, and so in terms of my book, you know, I guess I just saw a need for it. I mean, it, it was kind of low hanging fruit in the sense that, um, you know, our message of grace is very often misunderstood, Mm -hmm, mm um, as meaning, you know, if a kid does something, you let them off the hook. Well, Mm. that's not what God, that's not how God parents us. Um, his rules still apply. His standards are still true. And when we, um, when we sin and when we violate them, there are still consequences for doing that. Um, and, and, you know, God doesn't, you know, make his, his law, his, his rules, his standards for any other reason other than for our good. Mm-hmm. You know, every rule, every law of the Lord is designed that if we follow it, if we obey, um, it sets us up for experiencing the most joy. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's the kind of father God is. He, he has made the rules for our good. And he expects us to obey them for our good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, you know, when we would get either at a live event, people would ask questions or if, you know, email us or call us with, with questions that they would have so often, it was a discipline related question mm. and people just, you know, they, they had a hard time connecting. Okay how do we discipline in a grace-based way? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Um, And so, you know, when I wrote grace-based discipline, I, I, you know, had that in mind, knowing that parents really needed help connecting the dots on this. And I mean, I did too. I I was living this alongside with, uh, with parents, you know, with parents at the same time. And my, my, when I was writing the book, my girls were, oh, probably, 11 and 12, uh, or so when I started. And so, yeah, I just feel like, look, I'm walking this road (laughs) alongside you. And, um, I felt like as a mom kind of in the trenches, it, you know, usually mom is what I call the default parent. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she's even, even moms that work full-time tend to be the default parent. They're the ones that know how much wrapping paper is in the house (laughs) and, what time, um, you know, what time Billy needs to get picked up from soccer practice and, you know, holds the schedule in their head and knows, you know, if you have any spaghetti in the cupboard (laughs) and like, I laugh because my kids will be like, mom, where's, you know, 
my knee pad for a lacrosse. Like they can't find the one knee pad. And I'm like, did you look for it? Yes, they looked for it. And it annoys me that they ask me, you know, where things are, but it right. annoys me more that I actually know where it is. <laughs> right, Almost right. always. Like I can close my eyes and go, it is, you know, in your room, in the corner, underneath your green t-shirt. Right. I right. saw it there, you know, three days ago. Right. So that's the default parent. That's Mom great. is very, very often the default parent. And so it's usually the default parent that is with the kids, you know, more hours yeah. and ends up having to do most of the discipline. Yeah. yeah. Um, because good discipline, it needs to happen in real time. Yeah. Um, especially for, for young kids, you know, the younger, the kid, the sort of the shorter, um, the amount of time between sort of action and consequence, <laughs> right. it has to be a pretty quick, um, you know, time span, just because that's, that's where their brain development is at. Right. They're, they're not at a place where they can connect a, a consequence that happens, you know, three days later with what they're doing right now. Yeah. Um, so uh, I get that with our four and five year old. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just every single mom, dad, uh, they did this, they did that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you, you've got to, you know, as they grow, you know, those you can put a little bit more time between their action and your response. Right. Um, and I talk a little bit about this in my book when I talk about um, this concept of currency. You know, if you're going to, if you do have to administer consequences to a child for behavior, you need to understand their currency. Mm. And some of that currency uh, is wrapped up in their personality. And, mm. and so learning about their, their personality through a tool like the flag page can help you understand that. But a lot of it is also developmental. So at different stages of development, they're going to have things that matter more to them. And it is kind of universal. So, you know, dep you, you could kind of see, I broke that down in, in my book mm -hmm. that, you know, the age that your daughter is at right now, she cares about um, having things and doing things, mm. you know, those are kind of her two primary currencies. So some, some kind of a, a possession, whether it's a toy or, um, you know, something that she wants or kids, really, really young kids actually see mom and dad as possessions. Hmm. So, uh, um, they see, you know, everything is sort of an object and that's, I mean, I didn't come up with this concept. It's a pretty widely, yeah, sure. um, widely researched, uh, idea that kids, it's like, if they can see it, they assume that it belongs to them. <laughs> right. Um, right. so that's why so many kids say mine right. as like one of their first words, they learn mine. Um, but as they grow, then they kind of develop uh, other currencies. And so your, your four or five year old, she cares about having things and about doing things that she wants to do. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, going outside or coloring or riding her bike or, um, you know, playing with this toy and she cares about the toy, but she also cares about playing with the toy. Yeah. Um, and so if you're going to choose a consequence, you need to choose one that sort of acts on what she values. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Can can you so, so can you work us through then, if you can, um, each kind of 
age stage of life, you know, going up through the teenage years, even, you know, even up into your, you know, the 20, the college years, if, if there's applicable interactions as far as the currency. Yeah. In, ter- in, ter- in terms of currency. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, so like I said, that very early, those very early years, the currency is having, okay. um, possessing things. And so if you, you know, if you have a very young kid, a toddler who you need to, to administer a consequence to, you would, you know, it would make sense to either remove them from the thing that they're wanting. Mm -hmm. Um, that's why sort of isolating them works pretty well at that age, a timeout, right. Um, or removing something from them that they are wanting to possess, taking a toy, removing the crayons and the, and the coloring book from them because they're throwing a fit and then isolating them. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then here I'm, turning to that section of my book so that I can yeah, you're fine. make sure yeah, that is, I'm, this is so good. It's great. Um, and then, uh, let's see. Then the next phase is, um, kind of that preschool age. Okay. Uh, you know, three and a half to five years and their, their currency is doing. Okay. So they, they, you know, that kind of object, their, their currency of having an object that they had when they were younger, they still have that, but they also start to value time doing, you know, pleasurable activities. Mm -hmm. So, so you would want to kind of choose something that acts on that currency, um, you know, removing them from doing the thing that they're wanting to do or not, not allowing them to do it. But again, it has to be pretty immediate at that age. Mm -hmm. Um, and then school age kids, so like five and a half to eight, they uh, value being. So at this stage, they start to kind of place more value on relationships. So, um, you know, they, they do care about what they have and what they're doing, but it is actually more important to them at that point who they're doing it with, hmm. right? Yeah. And so you can... Um, you know, at that age, you can think about saying, okay, well, if you don't um, obey or here's how I expect your behavior to be, and if they don't behave that way, then you can say, okay, unfortunately, now you can't go to so-and-so's birthday party or, um, you know, we're not going to be able to go to the park this afternoon because you didn't make good choices, things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, the tween years, which you've got a couple in this uh, kind of phase mm-hmm. right now, yeah, the, the yeah. tween, the, that transitional, you know, between the the early childhood and teens, their currency is belonging. Mm. So, you know, they value um, being with people, and but that sort of morphs and takes on an, an even deeper meaning to them. It's not just about what they have who they're with, what they're doing, they want to belong. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what they value. And so, um, and it, it is kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of ironic that at the phase at which they're, you know, sort of the most physically and socially awkward, (laughs) 
right. those tween years right. is when they start to care about belonging so much. It's right. like they just are so concerned that they don't appear weird yeah, and they don't stand out too much, but it's like, everyone is so weird that <laughs> right, phase in right. their life. We look weird. Yeah. We act weird. Middle, <laughs> so middle school like, can be pretty rough. Yeah. It is the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, you couldn't pay me a bajillion dollars to right. go back. No, I me just, neither. I always say that. It, yeah. It yeah. is the worst. Right. So yeah. they just, they want to belong. And so ultimately what they value is belonging in these meaningful relationships with their peers and their friends. And so, you know, a lot of the time that, that will mean they want, you know, a certain brand of jeans or they want a phone or they want, you know, it seems like it's the possessions, but actually at the core of it, it is that they want to belong yeah. or they don't want to stand out too much. And so you can utilize, you know, that as a tool to say, Hey, in order to um, sort of earn these things. Here's what we expect. We expect, um, you know, that you respect our family's rules and, and, and then you can take those things away when, um, when they disobey, if they need discipline. So, um, and then the teen years that kind of 13 to 18 and beyond they, their currency is independence. Mm. So obviously they want to be long and they, you know, they want possessions like phones and, and cars and things like that. But really what's at the core of it is those things help them gain independence. And that's important. You know, every one of these phases, these are such important, um, uh, stages of development. And so, you know, we want our kids to become more independent and, and what are they trying to become independent of us? Like yeah, they're, yeah. you know, they want independence from us. And so the age that my girls are at, you know, we, we just kind of say, Hey, you know, all of these things that, that give you independence, these things are, are contingent upon <laughs> living within a, a, a a, a family sort of code that we expect a, a code of conduct and character. And, you know, I think it's really easy to just say like, Hey, here's the rules, follow the rules. But what we really want to do with our kids is build this, this character, mm. um, into their hearts so that, so that, you know, cause we can't, we can't come up with a rule for every scenario, you know, right. What what is better is if you know we're building this character into their hearts, and then they know how to respond when they encounter all sorts of stuff um, in their lives. So, yeah, so that that's kind of this concept of currency and how that's you so can good. how understanding that really helps. And and um, and then our kids' personalities are going to really have a have an effect on that too. Yeah. You know on what they value. So let, let's go there for a minute and talk about, because I know we've talked about uh, flag page, you know, at, at different points in the conversation here. Um, but if you, if you can give us a, give us a, a brief overview for somebody that's listening who may not be familiar with the flag page. Can you give us kind of a rundown and then specifically geared toward uh, some of the comments you just had made about, um, about using the flag page uh, with your kids at what mm -hmm. point would you use a flag page, you know, the, the online interactive, um, um, 
survey with your teenagers yeah. or, you know, how, how would you implement yeah. those things and at what, at what point? Well, the, the flag page is a tool that is an in-depth personality profile. Um, and it was originally developed to, as many of these personality tests are to be used on adults because, um, you know, personality is something to a certain extent, it's something that you're born with, but then it's something that is also formed, mm-hmm. um, over time. And so the kind of the, the thought process has always been, well, you know, you don't test kids' personalities because they're not adults yet and they don't have a fully formed personality. Well, they might not have a, a completely formed personality, but there's still a lot that you can learn about them. Sure, and learning sure. that, you know, while they're young really helps, first of all, celebrate what's great about them. And then it just gives insight because, you know, in, in any family, you're going to have people that are so different from you that right. you just do not get them. Right, <laughs> it's right, like, right. I do not understand yeah. what makes you tick. Um, and a lot of the time that can turn negative because when we don't, you know, when somebody is so different from us, it's really easy to see their differences as, as wrong. Right. Flaws are rather weakness. than yeah. right. As, as flaws. Well, and everybody has flaws, but as you know, if, if, if they're so different from you, it's like, I don't get you mm-hmm. and I don't understand how you process life. And I don't know why you do the stuff you do. And it's really easy to put a, a negative spin on all of that. But mm. what I love about the flag page is that it really celebrates the the different ways that people can be. And it points out the, um, you know, the, the great things about, about, you know, the, the country that the, come from, Mm -hmm. which is kind of how it's formatted. There's four countries. Um, But then it also kind of will acknowledge that, hey, you know, if you're not not in a healthy place, then here's some of the potential pitfalls to Mm -hmm. look out for. So so in terms of the the two different types of flag pages, you you mentioned the one that is online and interactive. That one is for adults. Mm -hmm. But I would say, you know, teenagers as well. So you know, probably once they're 13, 14, it would be appropriate to, to do um, the online assessment. And it'll, it'll get a little bit more in depth. And then it'll also talk about, um, you know, potential professions, excuse me, pr- potential professions that, mm. that they might be interested in or what motivates them and that kind of stuff. So, but then for young kids, you want to do the kids flag page and that's what uh, our ministry helped uh, to produce. So um, yeah. Can, can you, on uh, what the, um, the flag page, you mentioned the four countries and then if you can dive in a little bit to talk about um, some of the aspects of the differentiation between the online interactive kind of uh, adult slash teen uh, flag page, and then what your mm-hmm. ministry had developed. Yeah. Well, um, you know, Mark Gunger's ministry, Laugh Your Way, developed the the flag page. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he has, he does a lot of teaching and writing on marriage and relationships. And so I love the adult flag page as a tool um, for couples as well, because mm-hmm. I just think it helps us to like I said, to understand each other better and to celebrate what's great about the differences that we have. Um, 
And, um, but then, uh, the, the kids flag page product that we developed, um, it, it, it appears like it's a game, although it's, you don't play it over and over and over. Sure. Um, but it has cards and you can kind of go through those cards with your kids and it'll say things like, um, I like things to be done right. Or <laughs> I love a party or, um, I like to be in charge mm -hmm. or, um, I love to work hard, things like that. Yeah. Um, so statements. And so they'll, they'll either read them or you read them to them. Um, you can do this with a child who can't read yet. You'll just have to read, uh, the cards with them and try to not lead them. You know, sure. you don't want to yeah. throw the test <laughs> yeah. by yeah. leading them. You just right. want to kind of matter of factly read what everything says. Yeah. And then they sort those cards into piles. Sometimes me, always me, never me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you kind of go, it, it takes you through the process then of kind of honing through the cards and then they'll pick their favorite card, the thing that just speaks to them the most. Mm -hmm. And you can, then you'll score it and they will fall into one of four countries. And the countries are fun country, control country, peace country, and perfect country. Mm. And everyone will have a primary country and then they'll have an adopted country, which means that it's sort of the, the modifier of their personality. Okay. Um, so for example, I am fun control. Fun okay. country is yeah. my primary country. Control country is my secondary country, which surprises people who, who know me well because they would say, oh, yeah, you're, you're about fun. You're 100% fun. It actually really surprises them that control is like a close second. Yeah. And what I always say is, well, yeah, nobody realizes that I'm, you know, pulling the strings behind the scenes because they're having so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're having fun because I'm making it happen. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, they're yeah. having so much fun, they don't realize that I'm like totally manipulating the situation right, right. now. Um, and that I'm fully That's in control hilarious. because everybody's having a great time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a firstborn. I'm the oldest, you know, the oldest child. And so, yeah, control country is my second country. And control is not a, is not a bad thing. Right, right. Um, it's, it's just sort of a, uh, it's the way that people are hardwired. Yeah. So, um, and uh, yeah, so I think it, it's, it's a great tool and you can kind of see that certain combinations of personalities, it's like, okay, these are the kids that are going to be like the CEOs mm -hmm. or these are, you know, great. These type of people are great entertainers, you know, the, the control, or I'm sorry, the, the perfect fun or the fun, perfect people right. are like the world's best entertainers. Um, because they want people to have a great time and then they want to do everything perfectly. You know, they want to, they want to have their act be great. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there, are, there are people who are great kind of owners and managers. Those are people who are, um, uh, perfect and, uh, control. So the control perfect people are kind of like the, um, they're, they are the, the leaders, they are the strong personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So 
I think people who have uh, control perfect kids, these are what we call the strong will kids. Yeah, I've, right? got, I've got a five, a five year old is that. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. But, but it's, it, it's all wonderful. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Um, I, I've, we've had so many parents say like, Oh my gosh, this was just so freeing to yeah. do this with our kids. Because first of all, it's a way to spend just some special one-on-one time with them talking about them and what makes them tick, mm-hmm. and what makes them unique and what's great about them and celebrating that. But then it also, it's just eye opening and you go, Oh, okay. This is why they do that. Yeah. Or, you know, if they're a peace country kid, this is why they get overwhelmed, you know, at a big birthday party. And, um, this is why they, they just need alone time because they're a peace kid. They just need, you know, especially in a big family, it's like, they just need to unplug and decompress some. And, um, you know, they may get really upset if there's any conflict or if they get in trouble, if they've done something and you're upset with them, they get, you know, they get really rattled because peace is what they value so much. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I think the flag page is just something that I wish every parent could do with their kids because it, it just reveals so much. That's good. That is so good. This conversation has been so fantastic, so informative and encouraging and insightful. And I know it's, it's going to give a lot of uh, parents some hope to realize everything's going to be okay. That's so good. I know <laughs> folks are going to want to get in, in touch with you and kind of find out more about your content and your, uh, your ministry, Family Matters. So how can people connect with you on social media and how can they find out more information about your book? Yeah, so you can connect with all things Family Matters at familymatters.net. You'll find um, lots of articles and free resources there. You'll also find um, all of our ministries' books and products that can help you, things like the, the Kids Flag page like we talked about and my dad's books, my book, you can find there. You can also find most of our books and things on Amazon. We don't care how you get them. We're so happy to, to help you in any way that we can. So whatever's most convenient for people. And then people can connect with Family Matters on Facebook. Race-Based Families is our Instagram handle. Awesome. Um, and then for me, I'm Karis Kimmel Murray author on Facebook. You can connect with me there. And um, if you like to you know, listen to my voice more Then we've got a podcast (laughs) called the, the grace based families podcast. And it's, uh, my friend and colleague, Michelle Brooke and myself, two moms. And we just kind of riff on anything. You know, we, we talk a lot about, um, parenting, but we also talk marriage and, um, kids. We talk about some sticky situations yeah. that, you know, that parents face like navigating technology and, and, um, you know, talking to your kids about sex and how, you know, important that is, but how hard it can be to, yeah. to do well. And, um, we have interviewed a few guests, but it's mostly just us talking for about a half an hour. So we would love oh. to connect with people in, in whatever way they um, they enjoy. So awesome. Thank you so much for being our special guest today on the podcast. And, uh, I'll definitely get 
this content and uh, to folks and be able to um, help them and also um, be able to get them in connection with you and read your book. Thank you so much, Karis, for being on the podcast today. No problem. Thanks so much for listening to that fantastic conversation with Karis Murray. I hope you'll go ahead and get access to her or run down that content there, especially for the flag page for kids resource. We use that with our kids and it's really helped for us to be able to identify those strengths in our kids and to be able to learn how to work with them and love them and cultivate, train them, and especially how to use grace in our parenting. I also want to make mention, we have a resource for you, a brand new devotional study called He Still Calm Storms. That will be officially releasing in October. So this coming month, we will have a brand new resource there for you in this month of October called He Still Calm Storms. It is a 30-day devotional that has stories, then there's some scriptures that go along with those stories, and then some questions for self-reflection. There's three parts to this. So there's a 10 days for each part. The first 10 days talks about how to overcome anxiety. Then we'll talk about how to deal with uh, when we find ourselves struggling through um, getting, uh, cutting through the noise and cutting through all the craziness and the chaos that's out there. And then we'll talk about God's promises and how to find God's promises for us in our lives. And so if you're interested in finding a way to get your day jump started, it's a great way to launch into your day or to wrap up your day. Just five minutes or less, you'll read a story that I wrote there for you. And then a man and I worked together. She put together the questions and scriptures to really bring home those principles and truths for you. So if you're looking for a resource, it's very uh, easy to work through, very easy readable, so you can do it on your own. You can do it with a friend. Great for a small group study or a Bible study to do with some other folks. Just pick out a handful of the devotionals, read through it together, answer the questions together, look at the scriptures, and it's a great way to be able to encourage your heart, especially in these days when there's so much stress and anxiety and pressure going on around us. Well, I hope your heart's been encouraged today. Mine has, and we are so thankful for Family Matters Ministries and for their work in helping us how to raise kids and really to be an unmasked parent in that we have nothing to prove, nothing to lose, and we can show grace and love to our kids and how we raise them, train them, parent them as God would have us to. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. Until next time, leverage your past, fulfill your purpose, and unmask your God-given potential. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Unmasked Life Podcast. Join us next time for more great content that will help you leverage your past, fulfill your purpose, and unmask your potential.